Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels, as always, hosting the sports podcast. Delighted to bring you back on another episode of Super Bowl week. Big show, talking about the big game, Eagles and Chiefs, number 57. It's been a long run to get here, and here we are, ready to talk the big game and helping me do just that, calling in from Utah, still working as a multimedia manager for the Olympic Legacy Foundation, Brennan, Brennan Smith. Brennan, thanks for joining the show. I'm, I'm sad we got one football game left, but you know it feels right. It's these two teams, so we're going to have to do it big on this show. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, and always uh, one of the best and worst uh, weeks of the sports calendar when uh, we get the biggest game of the NFL season, and it's the last one. So let's enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's always bittersweet, but I do think that, you know, we, we build up the game so much. Now, I'll always remember it was 2015. It was that Seahawks and Patriots epic game, and that was my year, my one and only year working in, in the NFL Network landscape. And, you know, just being in that world and you break down everything, and it's every, every little subtle breakdown, different players are talked about, you know, all these different scenarios. And it was that Chris Matthews guy that no one talked about who had the only great game of his life catching all those passes. So it's just, you know, we can break all this down and we can, you know, get excited, which we will be, but you never really know until these two teams lock horns, what to expect. And we have been on a heater recently, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Cause I know as little kids and even further back, our parents remember Super Bowls used to be kind of a dud and, you know, for the longest time it was an NFC dominance and these last couple of years have just been some outstanding games in the biggest one of them all. Name of the game is, is parody, man. It's, it seems like even though we're kind of in a transition phase with quarterbacks, there's another generation that's coming along and it. There's just, we saw so many close games in the regular season and the margin of, of difference between teams all across the league is so slim. And this is another one of those games and it, it should be, a blast and it should be just as close as some of the recent ones have been and be locked in for a, a close one. Before we get to the Super Bowl, I do want to get your thoughts on the revamped Pro Bowl. It wasn't even, you know, a game in the traditional sense anymore, but the activities, the flag football games, it was in a lot of ways a, a necessary, uh, you know, evolvement, if you want to call it that, because the game was losing luster and losing, you know, you know, intrigue <laughs> literally by the day. What do you think about all the activities? You know, it started in Thursday, finished up on Sunday. Players seem to be at least excited to be there and having a good time. But what did you make of flag football and activities replacing an actual game? I, I think it's a smart way to go, especially with I, – I saw all over social talking about how many kids were around. And, you know, the, the league has to maintain interest in younger generations that aren't just going to show up and – watch Red Zone for 12 hours uh, like we do every Sunday. And I, I, I like it. I mean, the the Pro Bowl game, as much as you want to watch as much football as you can, it's just kind of tired, and, and, and it might be the worst format uh, of a Pro Bowl slash all-star type of weekend um, across the major sports. And revamping it and giving it new life. And you could tell the guys are having fun. And it, it's just a – it was it needs some tweaks. I mean, there's some – seems like a, a couple of things can be refined a little bit. But uh, you could tell Peyton was into it. And um, it turned out to be a pretty fun experiment. And, and we'll see how they kind of refine it moving forward and, and if they add anything or take anything away. But that's what the all-star format is now. Speaking, obviously, the, the NBA 
all-star game will be in Utah in a couple of weeks. And, and it's, it's, it's an event. It's, it's a whole week long ton of activity thing. It's not just about that game. And, and I think that the NFL is starting to catch on to that. Yeah, I think for a lot of reasons, and a lot of them are monetary and safety concerns, getting a full tackle game in the Pro Bowl was just never going to happen. And the way that the way the game and the way you know a lot of these contracts are <laughs> structured, I can understand why that's not going to be the case. <laughs> the biggest thing to me is whatever whatever they do, and this was mostly an, a, an improvement, just getting the top players that to buy in. Now I, I know like the quarterback position, for example. Those were not the Pro Bowl quarterbacks that were in this game for a lot of part of it, and I understand injury and other things may have attributed to that, but I'm all for them trying new ideas and adjusting on the fly as long as we get the best players there. And I think that's right. going to be the constant battle for them, especially you know doing this week before, which is the big thing I don't think a lot of people are talking about when we grew up sounding super old again, but the game was always in Hawaii after the Super Bowl, so you could have the players on the Super Bowl teams there you're losing two quality teams that we would assume each time are going to have a lot of pro bowlers. So that's part of, you know, the lack of depth I would think as well. For sure. And uh, I mean, not to be, uh, not to totally take it out either because you could see Jalen Ramsey got a little lick on Tyreek Hill uh, in that flag football game. And I mean, we're not going to see Sean Taylor uh, laying people no. out in, the, in Hawaii. Uh, I don't think ever again. And that's, you know, that's good for safety concerns, and it's especially good for a game that's, I mean, essentially meaningless. There's no stakes whatsoever besides a little bit of financial. But it's, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it should be more like that because if you're going to have it the week before the Super Bowl, it's, I kind of like it because it, it remains, the focus remains on the Super Bowl mm -hmm. without kind of like a mm – -hmm something else that that's kind of tacked on at the end and but you know you could see it with with some of the guys that came in as subs and um some of the people that bowed out uh, for whatever reason it's it's kind of is where it is yeah. and it's, it's good to try to breathe new life into it so as we get ready days away from the super bowl now in arizona eagles taking on the chiefs the line really hasn't moved much uh since the first day it came out eagles are about a one and a half point favorite give or take a half point wherever you can get it. The over-under is about 50 and a half. Uh, just on the surface, and by all accounts, I mean, these are the two one seeds. They have been the two best teams in the league roughly for most of the season. Brennan, I, I look at this as a fascinating football matchup because there are distinct advantages and disadvantages across the board for both of these teams. So it's easy to say, look, the, the Chiefs have the best quarterback and the best skill guy in this game and the Eagles have advantages across the board maybe at a lot of other positions but what's so fascinating about this matchup is schematically you know these coaches and I'll put Sirianni, Sirianni in there because he's done a great job giving his players opportunities to succeed especially on offense I'm most interested in seeing how the offenses will attack defenses that in Philly's case has just been amazing all season just a, a superb performance by their front interior the Chiefs have been getting better and improving as the season's gone on and into the playoffs. So I think this is going to be one where I wouldn't necessarily expect points like crazy, at least not early on, because I think the defenses are going to have something to say about it. Right. And you kind of alluded to it at the, at the very beginning, but there's so much offensive talent between these two teams. But like every single Super Bowl, these coaches have had two weeks your scheme against those weapons and yeah. and my expectation is 
with Chris Jones bringing interior pressure for the Chiefs defensive line. And then you, I mean, Hassan Reddick has been unbelievable mm. for the Eagles. And that whole line is can stay fresh and rotate guys in and out and is ferocious pass rush. It's, it's not too exciting. I don't know how many explosive plays you're going to see. It's going to come down to can Travis Kelsey get open uh, quickly so Patrick Mahomes can get rid of the ball? How much are these receiving backs involved? Um, yeah. Stuff that's not necessarily like uh, highlight vomit downfield to A.J. Brown, but that's where this game is probably going to be won and lost is who can beat those pass rushes and affect uh, those charging defensive front guys the most. Yeah, just a couple stats I wanted to kind of bring out there. The Eagles as a team, 70 sacks. It was third all-time across the board. Uh, you have Chris Jones, on the other hand, first-team All-Pro in the NFL has been a beast. We, we knew who was the difference maker, and now he's having his best year. And then Frank Clark is like top four in playoff sacks ever. So th- there are a lot of pressures there. I actually think, looking from the Chiefs' perspective, a lot of people will look at the Mahomes injury situation and they don't have Tyreek Hill and the fact that in a Super Bowl two years ago, a line that was battered and not quite very good, to be frank, got pushed around and Mahomes didn't have any time to do anything and they, you know, they went out in flames. I actually think in a weird way, Brennan, and you know, obviously feel free to disagree, but I think that's going to help them in this game. I think they know that you know, protecting Mahomes, especially given the injury, is the name of the game and having that failure on such a grand stage I just don't see Andy Reid having it blow up in his face again. They might very well still lose this game, but I think they're going to have that in the back of their mind that protection has to be the utmost importance going into this game against the historic defense. 100%. And and you said it exactly going back to that the last Super Bowl the Chiefs were in. And they, I mean, one of the best things that any organization has done is they didn't stand pat. They totally overhauled that line in that offseason. Picked up Creed Humphrey, um, got a couple of good tackles. Um, they, they've got good depth on the interior. It's going to be interesting to see how those the tackles match up on the Eagles' edge pressure all game long. But we've, we've seen careers like Andrew Lux kind of get derailed because he didn't have that protection. And the Chiefs saw it one time and said, never again. Mm-hmm. We've got a generational quarterback. Let's protect him as best as we can. Yeah. And that's going to be the story. And, and I think part of that uh, – that storyline is going to be how they manufacture the run to keep that pass rush at yeah. bay a little bit. And that, that doesn't have to be just turning around and handing it off no. to McKinnon or, or to Pacheco or to Clyde Edwards, Alaire who looks like he'll be available. That's quick hits. That's yeah. uh, screens that throws to the flat. That's all these other things where they can kind of mitigate that as much as possible. And, and Mahomes is unreal, man. I mean, he, he leads the league in, in every stat against pressure, no pressure, man zone. I mean, he, he's so good at diagnosing and really feeling yeah. that pressure that he'll be able to find options. So the question is, how quick is that, yeah. that shot clock going to be between snap and throw? And obviously we know Kelsey being there helps. He's played 17 playoff games. He's got over 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns in those playoff games. I, and this is me as a football, I'll consider myself novice in the grand scheme of things because I've, you know, the coaching world is just so fascinating and so deep. I know it's easy to look at a screen and be like, how is this guy dominating? They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. What, why can't they double him? Well, I mean, I know enough about football to know that you're not going to be able to double a tight end in the middle of the field 
and have any success right. against Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid being so creative in the red zone, that's, I think, where he chose his true genius and how he can, you know, be disguise things and let Kelsey still get looks by fooling stuff and fooling the defense there. Kelsey's impact in this game is going to be magnified for a lot of reasons. And I just, I marvel at what he's done, given the expectation, given everything that's come their way. And, you know, we, we talk about how good the Chiefs are, Brendan, but they're expected to be good. So when you're expected to be good, it's, there isn't really that room to, you know, have an off game. And time and time again, Travis Kelsey has proven that he is the standard at the tight end position. Yeah. And no matter what teams have thrown at him, including the, the Bengals last week, they have probably the best inside linebacker core in the league right now in, in terms of just versatility to not only rush, but also to drop into coverage. And, and he still had production last week and he still led this offense and, and everything goes through him. And that's, that's what's interesting about the Eagles defense is they're ferocious up front. They've got great boundary corners that no doubt benefit from that pass rush, but who is going to be kind of the person that, that shadows him? Are they going to take, one of the boundary guys and kind of try to move him on to him. Is it going to be a, a safety? Is it, is it going to be those linebackers? How are they going to mix up looks at him to try to get him from taking over this game? Because there's, there's no other boundary receiver or, or, or slot receiver that really uh, is scary in this game that the chiefs can deploy and, and everything is going to go yeah. through him and all of the chiefs success is going to be dependent on how much he can, get in and out and, and uh, affect the game kind of from those quick throws, but also just stretching the middle of that defense. Do you have any concern before we go to the other side of the ball? Do you have any concern with Mahomes' health? I, I don't, man. I, I obviously. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I, even if he is a little hurt, it's like he's better than 80% of the quarterbacks in the league on one exactly. ankle. Exactly. And, and there's, there's so much about him that is obviously otherworldly, but one of the best things, is he protects himself like Tom Brady did for his whole career already. I mean, he can move a little bit. You can see even from his rookie year to now, he's taken less of those running shots. He's he's getting out of bounds and sliding when he needs to slide because he understands that that's such a huge part of this position. And we talk about all these other things where he's winging the ball downfield or he's doing no-look passes or side arms or whatever, but one of the most underrated parts of this game is he doesn't put himself in compromising situations where he's going to absorb a huge hit like that. That I, I think he did learn that lesson from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where he's just taking shots and trying to extend plays. And and he has uh, mitigated that and, and is really taking advantage of um, those opportunities. More with Brennan Smith here on the Money Mitch Effect talking Super Bowl. Going to the other side of the ball, a very fascinating matchup between the Eagles offense and the Chiefs defense from the Philly side of things. And they've handled business and you can't control what happens and who you play against. And, you know, props to Philly for getting this far and, and really being the, the gold standard in the NFC all season. But Brennan, I look at the step up in competition that they're going to be facing. And not that I know that, not that I think the Eagles can't, you know, match will for will and go shot for shot, but it is a little jarring, right, to see those quarterbacks they played against going into this one and knowing what the offense kind of hasn't been expected to do. Yeah, and and that's that's the ultimate question is is how is the first quarter of this game going to go and, and how are they going to set the tone from their perspective when 
I mean, mostly in the NFC East and beyond the schedule they've had, they haven't been tested. Certainly, I mean, it's kind of not fair to compare that because nobody is really a test like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid scheming for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a non-defeating uh, logic. But it's it's just like, what are you going to do to affect that early? And how are you going to adjust? And I, that's a point I wanted to make, too, coming into this is um, – I, I went to watch the Rams play the Super Bowl against the Patriots in Atlanta a few years ago. And coming in, um, Jared Goff was a hot quarterback. Uh, Sean McVay was a hot offensive mind and was kind of the wonderkind of the NFL. And then they ran into Tom Brady and mm, Bill Belichick. Yeah. So that's kind of what the shades of, of how I've analyzed this game coming in is. Jalen Hurts has been hot, notwithstanding that the shoulder injury, and we don't really know how much that's going to impact him. And Nick Sirianni has been unbelievable, but you're running up against the people that in Mahomes and Reed yeah. who have been there before, who have done it, who have won it. And it's always fascinating to see those matchups and how that's going to play out for adjustments throughout the game. So I guess, yeah, and that's, that's well put. I think the bigger comparison for me isn't so much what, you know, the defense obviously has their work cut off for them. There's no one like Reed and Mahomes, as you said. But offensively, are they going to be asked to do more and to keep up? Obviously, right. we would think that that's going to be the case. And they, you can ask the same thing about Mahomes with Hurts, how comfortable you are and, and if there are any concerns coming back from injury because he hasn't, you know, got injured, wasn't the same. I think last week in the second half, or two weeks ago now against the Niners, Brandon was the first time he looked more comfortable running. And that's so important for him. I, I think those are fair concerns to wonder, not just the health, but also how they're going to handle the moment, given that they haven't been here before. As great as Jalen Hurts has been, and as many doubters as he's proved wrong, this is a new stage. This is the biggest game in the world. And coming off of an injury, I think it's fair to wonder, is he going to be firing at 100%? If it's 80 or 90%, is that going to be good enough? Right. And not only that, but you the the – we talked about the Eagles defensive line and the depth they bring, but Chris Jones is notwithstanding a healthy Aaron Donald is, is the most terrifying game wrecker in the league because he's pressuring you from inside of your offensive line. It's going to be fascinating to see how that chess game plays out where the Eagles offensive line has been unbelievable all year long, but Chris Jones is Chris Jones and it'll be fascinating to see if they move Jalen Hurts uh, out, if they, try to get him on some bootlegs or they try to get him to run a little bit. And the same thing is going to happen on this side of the ball. Which of those running backs is going to step up and be able to be an outlet for him if he's getting pressured? Is it Ken Gainwell? Is it uh, Miles Sanders? And how, I mean, assuming that the Chiefs are going to target A.J. Brown with ferocity to try to limit him. How does Devontae Smith factor into this? How does Dallas Goddard? And, and can they produce enough to keep that pressure at bay, but also help him settle into a game where the the other side, the other quarterback is the measuring stick that every single quarterback in this league tries to meet and tries to live up to. And it, that's, that's going to be uh, a huge defining factor of this game is can he rise to that level and will the Eagles do enough around him to not make him have to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes to make throw for throw? I think for the Eagles, and you watch them play, and you see the blueprint for how they can win this game schematically is the long drives, wearing down the defense, keeping Mahomes on the sideline, 
and building a lead, which they've done so well in the first and second quarter. I think second in particular, they've been the best team in football. And so that's why I guess the start of this game, Brennan, is so fascinating because if the Eagles get in front. It could be hard even for the great, the all-time great Patrick Mahomes to start to whittle away at a big deficit. But on the flip side, we haven't really seen Philly in the in the situation where they're battling back from a deficit themselves. So I think keeping the game in range for for Philly's offense and hitting their playmakers and you know riding the hot hand, which you mentioned with running back, they have options. But you get the sense that whoever is going to be doing the best is who they're going to be going with. Right, and, and it's it's fun to watch this because there's these are two offenses where they pass to set up the run, and it, with the Chiefs, it's they they outright try not to run. They pass to run. Um, So it's going to be fascinating to see both these defensive coordinators are going to try to take that option away. And you look at somebody who Steve Spagnuolo, he's literally been here and done this before. And he was with the giants when they upset the Patriots uh, forever and a day ago, also in Phoenix. Um, So he's, he's been there. And it's going to be interesting to see how that Chiefs defense, does he bring pressure? Is he really aggressive? Um, or do they, they sit back and try to limit these two receivers that will wreck the game um, if you let them? I'm excited for the game. Uh, before we make kind of a prediction for how this is going to go, um, I think you get, I think it would only be wise to kind of bring up some props and opportunities there. Um, and I guess MVP is where a lot of this goes. Mahomes and Jalen Hurts about co-favorites, and then it significantly drops off. You saw a Super Bowl last year where your team won and a receiver, a skill guy, won. <laughs> Travis Kelsey would be next up in that line of thinking. It would take a lot. It would also take a quarterback that might not have the best numbers across the board, maybe he's thrown a few picks. I actually think that if you're going to go for a long shot, I think you just completely go long and go Chris Jones or Hassan Reddick. Because yeah. I think that's, I almost feel like that's more logical. If, if these offenses are firing, I think the quarterbacks are going to win the MVP in this game. I don't know that I see a Cooper Cup-like scenario this year. No. And and notwithstanding, I think touchdown passes and impacts the game. They're the prohibitive favorites. But, but you said it, it. It could be this pass rush if, if they ruin the game plan for the opposing offense. But somebody I, I mentioned and somebody I left, where he might be open and he might be the one where uh, some of the offense has to be funneled through him, at least, uh, especially if the Chiefs get out to an early lead. He's the guy who it seems like has a really good rapport, and and A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. I think that there's going to be so many resources dedicated to limiting him that Smith might have his chances early and often. So that's my uh, dark horse choice. But I think, you know, if, if Mahomes puts up, 300 yards and, and three touchdowns. I think uh, that uh, probably seals the deal. So, yeah, I feel, yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good opportunity um, to just kind of look at some other guys there. But yeah, I mean, obviously Mahomes, this is and Jalen hurts too. If he's running well, I think he's somebody that yeah. could easily be at the top of the list there. Um, other things I kind of like are the scoring props for sure. Um, who do you think, well, again, do you have a do you have a first touchdown player? Do you think a skill guy? I mean, I mean, you mentioned Devontae Smith. I think Pacheco could be could be on the I like list that a lot. Uh, for somebody there. And actually, you know, running backs with the Eagles, you're probably better off betting a bunch of them. But what Gainwell did last week, I don't know. Do they keep it going? Boston Scott. I mean, they have they have options there as well. 
Yeah, I I could be foolish for this uh, in about a week, but I I think looking at somebody like Miles Sanders is is a good another dark horse pick because, like you mentioned, if the Eagles kind of go ball control and and they try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, which is one of the only effective ways to limit his impact, mm-hmm. I think it sets up to be more of a Sanders game than a Gainwell game. I think mm-hmm. Gainwell's going to get his touches. I think he has to to run this offense. Yeah. But if you're looking at guys that are early uh, potential first touchdown choices, I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. And I think Pacheco's a good idea, too. Travis Kelsey's over-under for receiving yards is 79.5. I would lean over based on just who over. he is <laughs> and what he does <laughs> and just who he is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically the way to look at it. Um, and then the other one I saw was plus 300 for a – Plus 300 for a defensive or special teams touchdown. So if you're feeling froggy on that regard, hey, you know, could happen. We've seen safeties too, by the way. Safeties plus 1040-ish. And there's been quite a few uh, in the games that we've seen. Yeah. And and if there's going to be a defensive touchdown, it's with these defensive lines. I don't necessarily think that uh, the Chiefs secondary or corners is, is a pick six secondary in the situation but um if the those defensive linemen crash down from the eagles and, and force Mahomes into something that's uh, in the chiefs on the Chiefs side of the field i wouldn't be surprised if one of those corners takes it back do you have a gatorade color that you're feeling <laughs> give me uh give me like i think okay. pink red is uh okay. is a little bit down you can make a little bit on that so give me pink red I'll take that. Okay. And I would just, I think that's pretty good. I, I think that's good. And if the Chiefs win, you might be looking pretty in that one. Um, I, I just, some of the entertainment ones are good. It's just a matter of, I think they can be easily rigged. I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to that. Sure. It's like the anthem length and stuff. I feel like there's, there's opportunities there. Uh, and then we'll have to see, cause there's the ones that I always like are the, um, if you can find it, the added distance of the scoring plays. There's usually a set number of the average like touchdown yards combined, so you're just basically rooting for a big play. Last year, again, and this is how Vegas works and operates, if it wasn't for that Jamar Chase touchdown, I think it was Chase right at the beginning of the second half of yeah. that game, then it doesn't hit. So you're basically waiting on a big touchdown play. So right. I think it could be good. I, I would uh, I would just be uh, inclined to uh, have some fun and just see what you can find out there. And who knows, there's some cross-sports props as well. You can always get you know, some NBA players' points versus uh, Mahomes' completions or something. The possibilities are endless, man, and that's what makes this kind of fun is is anything and everything is uh, up for grabs in games like this, and we'll just uh, see if the, the country starts minutes, so we'll see how the uh, anthem shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I think we could be in for a little bit of a longer anthem. Uh, yeah, geez, I hope not. Uh, so, how do you? Uh, well, is the rock going to be out there again? That's the other thing. Let's just keep <laughs> keep that going. Um, how do you see this uh, game playing out? Who do you think wins? Yeah, man. I like I said earlier. I I keep thinking about this, and I I love how the Eagles roster is constructed. I love how Howie Rosen built this team. Um, and I know you're waiting for the butt, but. It's, mm. it's Mahomes and Reed and, mm. and Andy Reed with two weeks to prepare Mahomes with, I think they can still parlay some of that. They're, they're not favored. Um, they clearly were dialed in uh, with some of the 
locker room, the bulletin board banter that came out of the Bengals, and, and they just feel like the team that unless the Eagles can get early pressure and, and make Mahomes really uncomfortable with his ankle or with just general pressure, I, I think it's the Chiefs because mm-hmm. of that quarterback-coach combo that I don't think the Eagles are done by any means. I, I think they'll be around for sure in the NFC. Um, but I just I can't bet against Mahomes and and the experience that Reed brings as well. Yeah, I uh, I looked at this for a while. I really do think the Eagles have the better overall roster, one to fifty three. But Mahomes is an underdog. Like this is just sitting there, and I yeah. just feel like he's overcome a lot this year. I do think the loss in the last Super Bowl has left them hungry. How last season ended against the Bengals. They heard all season from established NFL analysts and former players that didn't even expect them to make the playoffs after they traded Tyreek Hill. And they're back. They're, they're five straight conference title games, three Super Bowls in five years, and know their opportunities in front of them. So I'm going with the Chiefs. I'll say I'll say a slight over. Give me let's let's see. Give me 27-24. Yeah, that'll go right at 51. Okay. So I like that. I'm in that range. Uh, as you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the only thing he likes more than ketchup is perceived disrespect. So, um, and Coors Light, too. But, yeah, man, I, I think that's about right. I, I, I really think this is going to be close as close gets. But, yeah, I, I just give the nod to the guy who's who's been there, who's done that, and who is still ascending uh, as an all-time great. Well, if we're being honest, that's all I really want is a is a great game at the very least. Like I just want another close game in the fourth quarter. I don't, you know, I know last year we got it. Sometimes we don't, but it's just so much better when there's meaningful football being played down the stretch. Hey, Mitch, I got to tell you, man, I'm pretty excited to uh, watch a game not at 7 a.m. Beijing time, uh, which is how I watched the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. This will be a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more of my speed, I think. Well, uh, I want to end with this, though, because this has been great. Brennan Smith here on the Money Mitch Effect talking Super Bowl. Are we optimistic that this is Tory Holt's year to get in the Hall of Fame? Dude, I, you're, you're getting me at the sore subject at the end. <laughs> Hall of Fame. I can't yell it loud enough. Tory Holt is, I mean, full disclosure, my favorite NFL player of all time, but everybody else from the greatest show on turf is on there, and he had a stretch of 1,000-yard seasons that no other wide receiver has ever done. I don't know how much more uh, you can pause him getting into the hall, but let's get that hashtag Holt to the hall rolling because this should be his year, and uh, he deserves it along with all those other guys that made it from those greatest show on turf teams. Well, I, I agree. I like those Rams teams. I think he belongs. I think the unfortunate part is there's a couple other receivers up, and we know how they tend to take votes away from each other and whatever the process is. So I'd like to see him get in, hopefully this year. And, hey, I mean, the only good thing, I mean, I, I'm, as a Browns fan who just saw their star player get hurt in the Pro Bowl flag football activity, the only positive <laughs> I can say for this time of year is knowing that we have a lock in my guy Joe Thomas. So, Maybe it could be a, a joint trip out there to watch Holt and Joe Thomas get inducted. Buddy, we'll we'll put it on the pod right now. If they both make it, we're going to camp together. This is, this is the only <laughs> this is the only leg up I have on anybody else is feeling pretty good about about Joe's uh, Hall of Fame chances. But no, it's uh, 
I'm ho- I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for Tory Holt, and uh, we should have a pretty good class coming. So uh, excited to see. There is, man. Excited so. to see. Brennan Smith, appreciate you coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, football <laughs> season coming to an end, but it was always a blast all year long. Thanks for talking sports on the podcast. I appreciate it, man. Always, it's always a blast. And uh, about to get into draft season after this, so oh, no. it uh, never really ends. It just slows down. No, it slows, but we uh, we just lose the games. That's the unfortunate part. But thanks so much. Really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. That was Brennan Smith on the Money Mitch Effect. If you like the show, you can find it on all your podcast platforms, Apple, SoundCloud, Google Play. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. We will be back next week to recap the game, figure out who won, and talk about all the storylines and all the subplots in between and other sports as well. For Brennan Smith, I'm Mitch Michaels, as well as the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.